Okay, that should be good on the silence. Uh, and uh, how would you like to be introduced, just so I know, Sergio? Okay, so just uh, you know, my name, last name. Uh, I mean, Sergio. Just right, to make sure uh, we pronounce Halabi. it correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> it's Halabi. It's, Halabi, exactly. And uh, just uh, mentioned that I have, uh, I am the host of my podcast, which is Paradigm Shift, and uh, that Paradigm Shift, exactly. And that uh, the podcast uh, basically explores uh, truth through forgotten knowledge, uh, ancient uh, theories, uh, ancient civilizations, and that's it, basically. Nothing more than that. Okay. Yeah, uh, if, well, if you'd like, I'll, he can he can set you up, and then he'll yeah. then you can you can uh, oh, sure, let sure, people yeah. know that. Okay, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, just because we don't want to misquote you at all. I get it, I get it, no problem. Okay, cool. Kyle, yeah. you're good. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Dark Rum Podcast. I'm Kyle. Uh, today, Ryan is a little under the weather, so Jared's joining us again. Um, and also, we have a very special guest. We have Sergio Hellaby from the Paradigm Shift Podcast. Um, if you'd like to introduce yourself or let us know a little bit more about your show. Yeah. Hi guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show first. And, um, like you said, basically I host my own podcasts. It's called Paradigm Shift with Sergio Halabi. And in each episode, I try to discover truth that has been either kept from us or we have forgotten it as a civilization. And I delve into some conspiracy theories, some spiritual ideas, some philosophical ones. And uh, yeah, I have a specific interest in ancient civilizations. Uh, there's something I'm very, very passionate about. And uh, this is basically what today I'm going to bring to you guys in the episode. Awesome. No, I love that stuff. I love ancient history and uh, we're big for conspiracies here too. And I know that this has an element of uh, of some extraterrestrial type ideas to it too, which is Another big thing we have. Um, it's really a shame that Ryan's going to miss it because he is a his huge favorite alien things. fanatic. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like really kind of hoping he'd be here for that, but yeah, he's just not feeling well. Um, all right, so uh, let's start off. Like, uh, what are the Anunnaki? Oh, sorry, everybody. We're going to be discussing the Anunnaki today. <laughs> yeah, the Anunnaki are a very trendy topic recently actually within all the ufologists and conspiracy theories uh, because new information keeps coming up every day and people are discovering stuff on their own but just to kind of give you an overall idea of the mythology behind the Anunnaki who they were and then we can delve deep into how they appear in different religions and different you know, stuff that, that have either have been changed over time or have been completely put to the side and not taken seriously and all that. And basically... The yeah, that's Anunna something I'm, I'm really excited for. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. There's, there's going to be quite, quite a few, you know, swerves here and there. And uh, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, basically, the mythology first of the Anunnaki comes from ancient Sumeria. Uh, Sumeria is the first ever civilization. It's the cradle of civilization for, for humanity, and it's what's known as modern-day Iraq. And we can trace back all the religions and all the stories and everything to this first thing, writing, communication, like I said, religion, laws of how to build society and everything 
basically even when it comes to settling down because as you know humanity was first as after we evolved and everything we became uh, hunters and gatherers and we would be moving from one area to another and all that and mm-hmm. after a while something happened which will be become more clear after you know <laughs> this episode that we moved from being hunters gatherers to settlers and we became sitting in one location we we learned about agriculture we learned how to uh, to uh, you know raise cattle and start um, building buildings societies having laws for all the stuff and this is where basically the first quote unquote religion came which is in the form of the anunnaki and what is interesting about the anunnaki that separates us from every other mythology that has come after it is that the way that people used to talk about these gods, these Anunnaki gods, they describe them as they were living among them. Now, if we look, for example, at Greek mythology, you can always see that they talk about these gods who were living on Mount Olympus, right? So they were living somewhere else. When we talk about Egyptian mythology, we talk about all the gods who were also existing in different planes of existence, whether it was underground, whether it was the, you know, the uh, hell or somewhere in the heavens and all that, and so on and so on. And yeah. the difference with that when it comes to the, the Anunnaki is that they are much more literal and much more present in our day-to-day life. So they would talk about how they were walking among them. And even the name, the uh, Anunnaki itself, it actually, when translated to English, it means those who came down from the heavens. So you can see that yes. from the start, when, when you're talking about a civilization that is very literal and very, it, it doesn't have that strong vocab. So they, they don't have too much to explain to, other than what they're looking at, right? So, and they must have seen something come down yeah. from the skies, right? To call them those who came down from the sky. This is literally what, what it, it translates to. Yeah, it was a, to. a very literal language, right? Very literal, exactly. And even when it comes to what they were discussing within that mythology, it was pure stuff like even they would say that the gods came, that's how they refer to them, right? As gods, they came to earth to work, on earth and then they worked for a very very long time thousands of years and they got tired after a while and there was this rebellion within the 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 pantheon of the gods and the story goes is that at some point uh, there was a, a god who is in charge of uh, the 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 whole operation on earth basically he was like one of the biggest ones and his name is Enlil i'm sure you guys are familiar with the name so yes. Enlil is is not really his name as much as it is his designation. So En is basically God of or in charge of, and Lil is heavens or the skies. And he was thought to be to he was believed basically to have to be in charge of everything that is regarding to earth, especially when it comes to the atmosphere or the skies. And he would not be sitting on earth. He would, he would reside somewhere up higher than earth. But when he is needed, he would be called down and he would come down to earth. And he had his brother, who his name is Enki, who is also uh, another designation. And Enki was god of earth. Ki is earth, 
when when we like N key, so God of Earth, uh, just like the Anunnaki mm-hmm. come okay. down on Earth. Key is 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 a translation of the word Earth, basically. And oh, okay. Yeah. So in the, hmm. Yeah. Tell me. In in the research that I did, um, they were they referred to them a lot. Like the stuff that I came across, they they kind of referred to them in the terms of like Greek gods, where like. Enki was the god of the oceans and rivers and like the patron of like a specific city. And Enlil was uh, the god of like air and winds and storms and stuff, but also of keeping heaven and earth separated from each other. Yeah, these um, uh, so these that's... come from a bit of different translations. You have you know how you have some words yes. which once they are used in a specific way, right? They kind of roll with that. So you have a bit of like several different uh, schools of thoughts when it comes to the literal translation of the Sumerian language. And right. in... that makes sense because when it comes to religion specifically, I always find it interesting how like small mistranslations change so oh, yeah. much like i've 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 done a lot of research when it comes to like christian mythology and stuff yep. yep um and it's always funny like one word changes the entire story and like makes a huge difference well, well to kind of since like, you've mentioned this since you mentioned the christian um uh you know religion uh there's something that is connected to that uh, when it comes to the translation translation of the word and this is something that me being arab I have a bit of a different pronunciation of certain words. So I was able to kind of connect mm-hmm. the dots when it comes to this, something that others might have missed. And it's uh, it's the word il in enlil, right? So il at the end. And how it's actually, even in Christianity and in Judaism, it's used as a reference to heaven and to, this, to the sky uh, in, in a more divine way. Because... Every name of angel that exists within the Abrahamic religion ends with il, which is a direct translation to to like something that is sent from that area. So, for example, when you talk about uh, the archangel Ma- Michelangelo, his in in Arabic and in the old um, Assyrian language is actually Michael. So Michelangelo is Michael with an il at the end. And the angel Gabriel is actually Jibril with an il at the end. Even the one that they, you know, like the devil or they call the morning star um, uh, Israel is actually uh, Israel. So you can see that even within the, the, the Judaic and the Judaism and in Christian um, religion, they still used those um you know, suffix, I think it's called at the end, with adding il to any divine being that yeah. was present at the time. Um, which is why I feel like there's a lot of mention if of these Anunnaki gods, even within the Abrahamic religions. And I'll be I'll be getting to that a bit later. But just to kind of, you know, not to... Uh, All right. No, go, I know. I... Yeah. Kind of set it up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. See, like when I was like listening to these or like thinking about these, um, it made me remember. Like I know, like Christianity is promoted as being a monotheistic religion, but in reality, yeah. there are multiple gods in it. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if the the Anunnaki are basically the same as like the Elohim, uh, yeah. from from the Judeo Christian religion. Yeah, yeah. I will be. I I have a lot Which of examples sense, that one of the ways that I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I got lost. Yeah, I, I mean, I I actually mentioned something to Kyle because I'm not quite as much of an expert as either. I'm definitely not as much of an expert as either of you. But uh, I I made an uh, 
an immediate connection um, to the word Anunnaki and also um, Enochian, which uh, comes up a lot in the Christian um, text. Not, not even full biblical text, but just text describing angels, um, yeah. saying that that is their language and things along those lines. Um, so I, it just immediately clicked in my head that there was a very strong parallel between just those two words. Well, Christianity always did this big thing where it would take in other religions in order to like get people to join. Um, but then they would sometimes change things so that like something that was good in one religion was now evil in, in Christianity. That's go to Christian. Like, thinking that that that's probably a big part of it, especially when I was doing the research and I heard about like the Nephilim giants and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you have stuff that even are in the Bible till now, you know, and it feels like when you look at it and you go like, why isn't anyone mentioning this? You know, why isn't this more talked about? It's right there in a religion that is supposed to be believed by a lot of people. At the same time, this religion excludes or rejects a lot of other stuff, right? And it's kind of like it 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 contradicts itself when 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 it refers to certain things. So for example, like obviously mm-hmm. we're all very familiar with the story of the flood. Right, and that is something that yes. is very prominent in so many mythologies. Like maybe most all of them talk about at some point something happened on Earth, and you know there was a flood, and it was like a sort of a reset button. And you can see that yes. there are so much parallels in the stories between the Anunnaki mythology and the uh, uh, Abrahamic religion, talking about how. They basically just changed a few names and they they added the idea that it was only one God doing all of this. Where in fact, even if you are reading the Bible itself, uh, especially the, the, the Old Testament and, you know, talking about Adam and Eve and talking about, uh, you know, the, the destruction of uh, B- Babel uh, and the flood and all that, you can always feel that this God who is acting on this has a dual mind, you know, like he would come one day and say, I'm going to destroy this, the humans and the cities because I don't like them. And then he would turn and say, but you know what? I like you guys. And, you know, I'm going to warn you not to go there and all that. And it just doesn't really align as opposed to when you see it under an Anunnaki, uh, you know, lore, you would see that they were actually more than one and there were two different ones who had so much power, which were both Enlil and Enki, who Enki basically was the, the mastermind of humanity. And he was the, you know, the, you can call him the scientist behind wh- how man came to be. And he grew fond of them to an extent. And it was Enlil who always wanted to destroy humanity. He would like send the flood and he would send the plague and he would make the, the vegetation die and everything. And it was always Enlil who would be like, Okay, you can go and build, uh, you know, the 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 ark and save yourself, or you can make sure not to go to that city, which will be destroyed in a couple of days, and so on and so on. So, it's 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 very obvious in 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 that mythology how it makes sense that a, some gods would want the destruction of man, and some gods would not want it, and that's why you know mankind kind of like was able to to. To, to to juggle this this thing going on. Whereas in the Bible, it's like, yeah. okay, there's one God and he's simply just changing his mind all the time, all the time. You know, you can do this, but... You Seems very bipolar. Very bipolar, exactly. It just doesn't, doesn't make sense. It just, 
once you kind of see it from that and take it more literally, it 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 adds up. It aligns, you know, like okay, so there has been more than one, and there seems to be that there's a fight between them. There is a disagreement over what to do with mankind. Why are they on Earth? How did it happen, and all that. And well, another thing that I always thought was funny in Christianity is it's never that it's like there aren't other gods. It's that their god says to only believe in me. He doesn't yes. necessarily say there aren't. It's just he's like, I'm the better one. Just follow that what I say to do. Exactly, exactly on point. And there is this part where I have saved. I just want to read it correctly so that um, I just. Yeah. So basically, this is from the uh, from the book of Exodus uh, in the Old Testament. And it's when Moses was, um, you know, that after he kind of set the people of Egypt free from the Pharaoh and he walked them through towards the promised land of Israel, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a paragraph which kind of caught me uh, by surprise. And it actually, uh, I'll quote it. And this is what he says. He says, basically, God was talking to Moses on the way, telling him what he should be expecting to see once he reaches the the land of, of Israel. Okay, and he tells him, do not make any treaties with the people of the country into which you are going, because this could be a fatal trap for you. Instead, tear down their altars, destroy their sacred pillars, and cut down their symbol of the goddess Asherah. He actually named a specific goddess, Asherah. And he continues, for I am Yahweh, a jealous God, and do not wish to um, share you with others. That's what he actually says exactly. within the Bible that claims that he is one. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. this kind of even stood out to me when he is talking about a specific goddess and named her by name. And and he refers to her as Asherah. And we go back to the Anunnaki mythology. Asherah, at the time she was pronounced, the name was pronounced differently because this was the, uh, I think it was the Assyrian civilization. But way before that, she was actually known as different names, as Ishtar, Ashtarut, and all that. And she is actually the wife, uh, like the basically the stepmom of Enlil. And he did not like her at all at the time. Like even within the mythology, <laughs> they had a lot of issues. So his dad was, his name is Anu, and Anu is the like the god of all the gods, basically. He's the, the, the master. He's everything. And which is the name of Anunnaki yeah, comes yes. from Anu. And his wife was uh, Asherah, and she did not like Enlil. So even that translated into the Bible, it doesn't make sense as to why this Yahweh God would mention her and only her by name. You know, it seems like there's <laughs> yeah. a very personal beef going on there. There's a very there's a very anti uh, strong female presence in Christianity. Oh too. yes, and, oh um, yeah. From what I when I saw um, as far as for Ishtar was she was a very politically minded, very strong fertility goddess. Yes. Um, and in the Anunnaki wasn't she was um, so like I had you're you're way more versed than like the actual mythology from it. Um, because when I was listening to you, you got to read like actual. Um, like things from it. I'm I'm gathering information from like third party stuff, yeah. and so like I I was uh the notes that I got was there was a goddess named Ki that was married to Anu, and then there was another goddess named Inanna who would be also known as Ishtar in yes. uh, Assyrian and and other other cultures of the time that were in the Mesopotamian area. 
Yeah. Yeah, basically, even within the the Anunnaki mythology, the presence of the goddess was really important. And like you said, she is the uh, basically the the symbol of, of fertility and life. Now there were others that mm-hmm. were not, but in terms of her as Ishtar, she was extremely important. And by the way, Ishtar is current day Easter, so <laughs> we still did not even you know get rid of that. So even when Christianity yeah. celebrates, uh, you know the the resurrection and and the, you know all that all that time, this is happening during Easter, which is a was a holiday for Ishtar. So th- this is to me when I start seeing these kind of connections that are still till now that they haven't let go of of the original idea of something that was there at the start and it still maintains you know, how important it is, even, you know, even if it's a bit hidden or even if it's a bit twisted uh, along the way. Like, I don't know if, if you know, but the, the Pope now, uh, Pope Francis, is, uh, has a prayer, uh, a room. Uh, actually, it, it's very, very big, but this is where he, he holds all the, the, the prayers and everything when there's a large group of people. And the shape of mm-hmm. the building mm-hmm. is a snake, is an actual snake. I saw something about that. I yeah. did see something about that recently. And and the snake that was very interesting to me considering how they feel about serpents. Exactly, because because if when when you see it from a an a, a Christian background or Abrahamic in general, you see that the snake was kind of like the bad person, like the bad guy of the story, mm-hmm. like he's the one who manipulated, you know, humanity and Adam and even all that. Where in fact in other civilizations the snake is represented as wisdom as the one that brought wisdom to mankind you know so yeah, a lot of native american cultures do yes that. exactly uh, south american also south american. To that, to that. yeah yes exactly exactly and and the, uh, also another thing that even in the bible when it comes to the the snake itself and the story of of genesis and you know the creation of man and everything it's never mentioned that the snake is actually the devil like there was, there is no, no mention. Yeah, like the devil is a modern. Mo- exactly, like even in the entirety of the Torah, which is the you know the the uh, Judaic Ju- um, in Judaism the the book, there is no mention mm-hmm. of the devil himself. Like there is no devil. Even there is a only one paragraph mm-hmm. where a, 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 just a character known uh, called Satan that he appears in front of God and God looks at him and says, "Who are you?" And Satan replies, I have been walking around, you know, going around my business uh, through earth and I've landed here or something. And then that's it. Like, this is the only mention of any character (laughs) or creature named Satan, which is very weird because it's like it's the entirety of the religion based on the fear of this devil who is going to come. Especially Catholicism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was like middle, like medieval times when the invention, like they decided they needed a bad guy. And that's when they started to to really like promote that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also like that's that's Kyle's favorite thing to basically state every time we talk about it and we mm-hmm. mention the devil. It's the, his 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 kind of outlook on the devil is the devil's the bad guy in the in the story because he's the one that gave knowledge. Yes, to people. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. He's, because he's the bad guy because he helped out people. Because he helped out people. It, actually, it, it, has a lot of ties. And it doesn't it doesn't work in the benefit of the religion itself because they don't want you to be knowledgeable. They want you to be obedient. So that they do not yeah. exactly. Yeah. So so whatever character is going to come and give you more information or unlock something within your brain, he's going to be considered as the bad guy. 
because it's like yeah he is mm-hmm. gonna get uh, get this person to question things and we don't want that so you know <laughs> and that's that's actually one of the things that spreads that's not even just christianity that's like something from a lot of the religions um where like like how you said enki gave humans knowledge and then was sort of punished for it um that that is in in greek religion there's the yeah. same thing when it comes to prometheus giving humans yes. fire Yes. And then the serpent giving them the knowledge in the garden. Like that is something that is just all around. Like that story is used over and over again. And and this is, I feel what that, that like, if we, we want to connect the dots, this is what feels like that all the, the, these cultures and civilizations throughout time are basically telling the same story. Like this is a very important story. Mm-hmm. It's the key to the creation where we came from, how it happened. And it feels like it just wants to repeat itself under different names because of different languages and different expressions and different voices and all that. But it's basically always the same thing, that man was created to be a slave to another entity, which was much more advanced. Then someone gave mankind the the, the key to unlocking things within their mind. And then so on. And there was this rebellion. Gods have entered into wars with each other and all that. And... This is to me like it's a how important like the idea that the first civilization dealt with these very advanced ideas that no way a mind like that if we're gonna follow what what um, scientists and historians tell us about the state of of mind during that time it doesn't align with with how advanced these people were you know what I mean. Like, well, even even if you think about it, like they take it's a much more scientific approach mm. in the way they view religion, to how religion is viewed now, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, if if that's where everything began, um, and then it spread throughout the world, er, like translating and then retranslating, yep. and then this way people spread stories, it always you know you embellish a little bit the next time you tell it, and then the yes. further it goes, it would make yeah. sense that everything would stem from one spot. Yes. And then you would have all these other versions of it and people fighting over which one's the right one when it's been long lost for millennia now at this point. Exactly. I mean, I mean, consider a story that you have with, with a friend of yours and then like, you know, he's going to go tell it to someone else and then someone else. And we're, we're just, you know, a month later, the story is going to come back to you with so much difference, you know, subtle changes here and there. And this is... Yeah, and you're, you're like, talking... I wasn't even there. I don't know what that exactly. means. <laughs> exactly. And you're talking like within a month, within the age of information and, and, you know, we can store and record everything and we still get some stuff wrong. Like, like even now, you know, like even when you watch the news, yeah. I can take that news, go tell it to someone else and, you know, add <laughs> a bit of flavor to it. And then it, it changes. And you're talking here about oh, yeah. possibly 10 to 20,000 years worth of, of, you know, storytelling and information with no record keeping and nothing. So it's like, it was important yeah. for mankind to maintain that story, to maintain how important our creation is, to keep telling it again and again. But it just happened that, you know, it it, it moved from one time to another, from one continent to another, like you said, and it changed the, the small stuff. But the basic is still the same. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I had a question for, because you you have a way wider knowledge base than me. And like I said, I got a lot of stuff that was like the ancient astronaut conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Um, and the the planet Nibiru came up when I was yeah. doing my research was something I was interested in because I, I know the mythos behind that for like a while now because I think it was like 2011 or 2012 when there was like the whole 
fear that it was going to collide with yes, us again. Yes, yes, uh, 2012, happen. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, so, like, what I was hearing was that the Anunnaki were from Nibiru, and there was an issue with the climate there, and they're having trouble growing things, so they came to Earth, um, much like most of the people of, like, European uh, cultures expanded all across the country in search of gold, um, but for them, it was for creating technology and using it in alchemy and stuff. Is that something that is actually coming from that, or is that something that people have embellished now? Actually, to yeah, uh, to be like, if you look at the actual mythology itself, uh, there is no mention of any specific planet or Nibiru or gold even or anything. Like, there is nothing concrete within the the tablets that were found that actually mentions why the Anunnaki are, were ever on Earth. So I can't awesome. like say that, yes, this is the, the, the obviously, this has been, uh, you know, like it brought, to, it was brought together by uh, uh, Zakaria uh, Sitchin. Uh, I think you've heard of, of, yeah. the, of him. Uh, and because yes. he wrote several books where he would uh, he would gather different information from a lot of different resources. So it's not like he was making it up or anything. What he was doing is uh, he would basically he wrote this book called the the Lost Book of Enki, where it's like kind of like a memoir where Enki was 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 writing it, right? And he okay. would. Uh, he would get it. It's like a, a fictional story that he wrote, but based on the the tablets and the different mythologies that he was aware of, the, the, the author himself. So it would be like as if Enki was writing himself, talking about what happened, saying how sad he is, saying that he, for example, like he's mourning the people who died from the flood, he, that he never wanted it to happen and all that. But there is no actual okay. book or tablet that actually described that was what he was going through. You know what I mean? So it's a bit Sounds of like a, he took like a kind of Christian approach to it where it's like a story being told from the point of view yes, of somebody yes, else. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And he even in I, I'm actually books, glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even within that book and others, he says that there are stuff that I, you know, I added together. I have filled some holes because mm-hmm. the tablets are broken, because the stuff are missing and all that. So he kind of made sense of where the story would go. But there is no actual mythology written about the planet, uh, planet X or uh, why they came or the fact that they had atmosphere problems, which is they came down to earth to, to mine gold and then go back and send it. So we don't really know, like, per se. Okay. I'm actually glad to hear that. Jared knows I, like, I'm super kind of anti the, the ancient alien astronaut Ooh. theory. The, well, like, the ones where people are like, very much this is exactly what happened type stuff and i'm like you don't know <laughs> like i mean like, no one I, really I, knows anything I I feel like sometimes even, yeah yeah i, I to me it, like it diminishes the value of like human ingenuity. the human mind yeah and ingenuity by saying like oh no it had to have been these gray aliens that came and told us what to do well actually first uh, you know to stop you there the gray aliens are not the ones mentioned for the anunnaki because like even oh, no, among- i know yeah, so there's like so many different types of aliens and all that. Yeah, uh, the Anunnaki looked very much like humans. And given that you have brought this up, I have a you know an idea for you to ponder on, which is something okay. that I honestly have not heard anyone mention. Anyone, anyone? I'm, I'm serious. And even when I research this, I can't find any reason for it. So the idea is that the mythology says that the Anunnaki came down to Earth and they found the Homo sapiens, 
and we were still very early on in our evolutionary process. And they manipulated the DNA by mixing it with their own DNA. Are you, are you familiar with this version of the story? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is a much better version of it than what I, I know from the Christian one, because this sounds like something that could have happened instead of like using magic. They used like, yeah, some exactly. Sort so of, like science, chemistry and <laughs> science behind it. Basically, uh, the saying goes, right, like magic is just science that's not proven yet or something like that. Like once it becomes science, it's yes. no longer magic. So even yeah. when they want to describe it at the time, they wouldn't know what they're looking at. Like if I'm going to say, well, you know, they took the DNA from us and they took the DNA. It's not at the time. It's like, I have no idea what you're, what you're talking about. What is DNA? Right? Actually, it's just magic. Yeah, actually, it, you bring that magic. up actually like a really fun thing. The yeah. thing that I, I told Jared about this a long time ago is like a lot of the books from ancient Egypt that people describe as being like like magic books and stuff yeah. were actual science and mathematics books. Oh yeah, but and chemistry as well, considered and, and chemistry and alchemy yeah. and all that because they wouldn't know how uh, you know certain th- uh, things mix with others and then the reaction that comes out. Like let's say you know a uh, small uh, you know like that volcano uh, thing we all do in school. So to them, they would be like, oh, this is magic. How did he make water appear from, you know, from nothing? And it's just pure alchemy. So, yeah. But science is still magic to me sometimes. Like if I try and think about how my computer right now is sending my voice to you right now, I couldn't even. Across the world. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagine an ancient civilization thinking about this box that when you talk through it, you can hear someone from the other side of the planet. I mean, this is definitely magic to them. You know what I mean? And yeah. this this is the idea that once when they describe certain things, they wouldn't have the, the words to, to say that. Uh, I, I, saying this, I want to mention a specific paragraph, even in the Bible, that to me is an actual alien abduction. But to them, it, it feels like something that was sent by God. It's from the Book <laughs> of Kings. And it's about... Um, this, uh, I think he was a prophet. His name was Elijah. And it's about how he mm-hmm. died, basically. And the paragraph goes as this. So it says, like, they were both walking. And as they were walking along uh, along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and then he saw him no more. So here he described, the the book described that a chariot of fire came down from heaven and pulled a person from earth, and then that person Mm. was no more. Now, if you take that as- That's more like an abduction. Exactly. Like every alien abduction story you hear about today talks about this bright light in the sky and then a beam of light coming and then the person being pulled into it. So, and their closest knowledge to like a transportation vehicle would have been a chariot. Yeah. Not exactly. A so, yeah. so, so because they don't know anything else other than a chariot or fire, they would call it a chariot of fire because they're not going to say, oh, a spacecraft, you know, appeared and it was floating yeah. above mm-hmm. Earth and then a beam sucked, you know, my father or whatever. So, yeah, you also how... said very literal languaging back yes, then. So, exactly. Exactly. So, when you start reading, the the uh, these religions and basically this is the work I, I you know hope one day I'm gonna uh, release a book on this where if we literally look at these religions and instead of talking magic we talk science 
and we talk science based on what we know now and what we might know 10 years from now, a thousand years from now, then the whole religion takes a very different turn. Then we are no longer <laughs> just talking about a God sitting somewhere and he's using magic and he's using, I don't know what to, to communicate. We're talking about actual beings that exist in the physical world that have used technology that was much more advanced than, than, than we ever knew at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like that's it's it's crazy to think about, but like I've always thought about it more on the scientific side. So like this the this mythology for me tracks a lot better than a lot of the ones where they just go, Well, I don't know. So that was magic. Where this one kind yes. of they <laughs> exactly. try to give an answer, yes. but they give it in a way that is is a, the best description that they have for it. Uh yeah. Meaning that they don't have like certain words for these things they're seeing yes. because, you know, these beings aren't coming down and be like, hey, let me tell you about all the stuff we have. Yeah. They're like, hey, we've got this. So you do what we say. It's exactly. like everything has a to the best of my understanding. And that's next another thing that, that comes. That's another thing that exists in a bunch of religions, because I know there's um, like in, in ancient Indian religions, there's like a, a, a war. But yeah, the, gods, the um, flying chariots and yes. uh, nuclear uh, explosions involved basically yes weapons yeah. that actually like they describe how the uh, the there's radiation even they mention death of 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 other plants and the animals and how people looked uh, once they were exposed to 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 this uh, you know explosion and to these weapons and once you look at them you actually see that they are describing what we know now as nuclear weapons it's it's yeah. it's yeah. really kind of insane when you when when you put it like that. And but, isn't there um, even a certain level in in this mythology uh, of something like that? I wasn't, yes, I didn't yes. Really so there is one. Was... Yeah. So this is something basically uh, in the Bible. It's mentioned as the cities of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Are you familiar with ah, those yes. cities? Yeah. Yes. Yep. In fact, we many uh, years of Catholic school. I know those. Yes, same same as me, by the way. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the that that place is actually now rumored to be in uh, in Jordan, where Jordan is located now, and mm -hmm. oh. Jordan on the map now is uh, right next to like it's exposed to the to the uh, what is known as the Dead Sea, um, mm -hmm. and in that area, especially in the sea, it's actually called the Dead Sea because nothing lives there. It's, it's complete yeah. death and nothing can grow there even on a microscopic level. And some uh, geologists have said that it's because there's a, a very high level of radiation in that area, especially at the bottom of the sea, that prevents mm -hmm. any life from forming. And we're talking uh, this radiation that has been going on for nearly five to 6,000 years. That oh, wow. aligns wow. with the story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and that uh, in the in the Anunnaki mythology, there, uh, after the uh, after the flood, uh, Enki was not pleased at all with what happened. Actually, it's Enlil who was not pleased because he thought you know humanity was gonna you know vanish, and mm -hmm. he found mm -hmm. out that Enki warned humanity, told them about the flood, and s saved them. So there was this big rift among the gods. The entire pantheon was split into two, and. Wars were starting to basically rage, or there was this preparation for a big, a big war. And the the theory goes that Enki moved from where uh, from Sumeria towards where Jordan is, and mm -hmm. that was he he was basically staying there at the time. And Enlil wanted to create or, or have a war 
with him and that's where why he would send you know like the, the, the these uh, sulfuric acid uh, you know fireballs from the sky which yeah the be, fire and brimstone raining exactly which could be you know rockets <laughs> as far as we know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah and especially that the cities were like were really against anything Enlil stood for because he wanted obedience, he wanted slaves, he wanted people to worship him as a god and do what he says, whereas mm-hmm. those cities were more free. So you they were like not worshiping anyone. They were just, you know, going about their business. They had their knowledge. They had their, you know, parties and everything. And that's what Enki yeah. wanted. So Enlil grew very, very angry with this. And he's like, I'm just going to destroy the cities and everyone in them, including, you know, my brother. And this is why even in the story, you have like people sent from the heavens or whatever you want to call it to warn Mm -hmm. certain people from those cities that something is going to happen. You need to leave. So they knew that a war is is coming. Yeah, Yeah, because there was a couple of of wars between the gods uh, here. Oh yeah, here and, and elsewhere as well, like throughout, you know, as the, but this is not mentioned in these, mythologies they're mentioned elsewhere but uh, there are a lot okay. of galactic wars basically yeah yeah all right i did have like one other question because i when i was listening to yours you mentioned how um uh anki was a little bit reptilian yes and jared knows i love to do this to him because it's it's i don't know I it's one of his funny. favorite things it's, in the world like the reptilian mythology of like <laughs> them being on earth and stuff and being part is it and then like also in this religion there's the idea that they left home behind certain uh human beings that were a little bit more modified that were meant to rule over the rest of the humans when they left yes um and is it possible that those are the reptilians of like the modern myth and fear that people have currently no uh these reptilians the one you're talking about which you know rule earth today <laughs> and the politicians and all of those <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i feel like that's a bit far-fetched uh, i don't i don't really i do too i just that, thought it, I, to <laughs> to me it's just funny. but uh, i i do have uh a, yeah i have researched uh those reptilians and mm-hmm. their presence today on earth when it comes to what people believe in is a very different existence if you want and i'll explain that than how the anunnaki work so okay. when, when it comes to different, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, name them as aliens or, or ETs, let's say just extraterrestrial in any form, okay? There yeah. are different um, type of them. And you have ones which are physical, 3D, just like humanity is, just like everything that we are exist, uh, you know, experiencing now. And like, for yeah. example, the, the, the greys, they follow they fall under that category, which are physical beings, but they are advanced. Mm-hmm. But you have other type of beings, which are, um, if you want to go a bit, you know, th- you would refer to them as interdimensional. Okay. And this okay. is where the idea. That's of, a recurring theme on this show. <laughs> okay. So, and, and this is where the idea of demons in general or beings that want to scare you, that come at night, that so on and so on. Mm-hmm. This is where they would re- they would lie, like there in, under that category. Okay. So and it's funny because we actually come to that conclusion all the time with interdimensional beings and demons being being that instead of being like these these monsters from religion. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Because it's not like it benefits the demon for you to, you know, like, you know, not worship God or something. Like, it's it's a very, you know, <laughs> pathetic idea to kind of think that demons <laughs> are here to kind of, you know, drove away. In fact, the the interdimensional beings, let's say, when when it comes to these reptilians or something, the the theory behind that is that, you know, how humanity today, for example, we need food so that we get energy. Right. So what yeah. we do is because we there's so much of us and uh, we can no longer main, sustain a life of each person having, uh, you know, a garden behind his back and a farm and all that. What we do is yeah. we get these, you know, these uh, a lot of cows, for example, and we will put them in one farm and then we, you know, farm the hell out of them. And, you know, obviously it's creating a lot of issues and all that. But the purpose yeah. of putting these animals in specific ways in order to harvest the maximum amount of energy from them, right? Because we're gonna farm, uh, we're gonna get food from them, their meat, their milk, all that. We're gonna consume mm. it, mm. and we're gonna turn that into energy. This is basic science, yeah. right? So yeah. if we take yeah. that and then we apply it to a to a to a creature or a being that feeds on energy, but not through three dimensional ways, he would feed on energy, for example, like let's say fear, or anger, mm-hmm. or um, sadness. Or- sadness, exactly. So anything, whenever you are, for example, like let's say you have a bad dream or you're alone at home and you get scared and you get that energy that comes out from you that is in the form of fear, the, the theory is that another being is feeding off of that, but not necessarily because mm-hmm. they are bad. You know what I mean? Like we're not bad as a humans because we want to eat and survive. Yeah. So there's no bad intention into... It's just survival. It's just survival. Just like we are, quote unquote, hurting certain animals in order to survive, other beings are hurting us in order to survive. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it's, it's a natural process. It's a it, circle of life. <laughs> exactly. Like literally, but on an interdimensional life. Like, not just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not just here. It's almost, it's it's not to downplay it at all, but it, it's it's very Monster Inc-ish. You have, yeah. you have yes, extra-dimensional yes, yes, beings yes, exactly. coming in and harvesting our our fear for energy to run their city and there's nothing wrong with it they're just regular people that are just trying to live and that's this is a, this is funny because we we talk about this stuff like all the time these same things like come up on the show a lot so it's great that it like ties all the way back to like the first religion yeah um and that like th- the idea that there are these beings that do that and they don't always just look for bad feelings either like they're only yes. the ones that'll try and like They'll come when you're in a good mood too, and like feed off that kind of energy. Yeah, so like, it's it's like when it's everything really just seems to, to be going your way and everything's yeah. great. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Even even when you want to look at, for example, in the mythologies, when you want to look at these gods, or you know, uh, for example, let's say Enlil, who is the ultimate bad guy to us and all that. Like mm. we 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 can't look at it uh, operating from a place of good and evil. You know what I mean? Because it's not about being yeah. good and evil. It's about what is important. Like if I'm looking at those you are know, human I, constructs anyway. Yeah, exactly. And 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 um, if I'm looking at uh, you know if I find in my house like a cockroach and I'm gonna you know kill it, it's not because I'm an evil person. It's just because I don't want you here. That's it. Because I have a specific yeah. you know status in life that prevents me from uh, empathizing with a cockroach, for example. Same thing for yeah. a, a more advanced being. That it's not because he is evil, but because he is incapable of empathizing with us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's well, the idea like that. Ins- yes. Oh, you finished. 
Oh, I'm saying that uh, religions push for these, uh, every religion actually push for these good versus evil pattern, right? Like mm-hmm. this is one is good, that one is bad, we should worship this one and all that. But in reality, mm-hmm. it's, such, it's much more complicated than, than any of this. Like everyone operates within their own sense of right and wrong, right? And yeah, their the, scope of morality. Exactly, exactly. Speaking about like like the situation with like like a bug in your home, um, to me, I don't even see that as being like a morality issue. That is instinctual. Like every yeah. creature on earth has a level of territorialism. Yes. And so like you see bugs outside, you're like, that's fine. I don't care. But you, it, it yeah, that's comes their space. your space. <laughs> yes. And then all of a sudden <laughs> exactly. you have a different feeling towards that bug. And like, yeah. it's not good or evil. It's, it's about like, it, it always goes back to like preserving your own safety and in terror like keeping your territory safe from things that are possibly harm to you even in the mythology itself and that's what's written Enlil it says that Enlil grew tired from humanity because they were very loud like he couldn't sleep at night he he would it's as simple (laughs) as that he's like they're too loud I I just don't want them anymore can we like kill them all we're just bad neighbors (laughs) that's it like (laughs) one of the things yeah (laughs) one of the things I read was that they told them to not overproduce reproduce And then they did it, and they were like, "Oh, go away!" Yeah, exactly, because that many of you now overproducing was never part of the plan, uh, because there was. But that explains. Yeah, that explains like like the migration of humanity then too. Yes, like because it wasn't like they were all told to leave. It was like, okay, you made too many, so some of you have to go find somewhere else to be. Yeah, exactly. Didn't want them overcrowding their paradise, which actually I found out. Um, like the garden from this, not so much the garden from the Christian Bible, but yeah, from this one is recently. I guess there's an excavation recently when they believe is exactly the the Irdu or garden or what they. That is true. That is true. That is believed that that uh, you know certain locations can fit under the this, but uh, to kind of take you into a bit of a conspiracy theory route. Uh, it makes me wonder, yeah, it makes me wonder why the, every land that is related to the Anunnaki or to the Garden of Eden, to location or something, is under war or turmoil all the time. All the time, there is you cannot have access to these lands. Like even when you talk about Afghanistan, there are people, they could be lying, they could be telling the truth, no one knows, but there is part of the some people some soldiers some people talking about their role in afghanistan and what they were doing and how they left and how what was you, what they would see in those caves uh, and so on and so on so it does feel weird and it raises a question as to why these lands have been like even when you talk about the entirety of the middle east okay which is the birthplace of civilization this area has been at war for nearly 6 to 7000 years there has never yeah. been time where there is no problem. Every time. New oh, religions come up. Every, new cultures come up. Exactly. So it makes you wonder, why is it that this part of Earth is so basically soaked in blood? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird because you would think that because it's so sacred to pretty much everyone, yes. you would try to avoid fighting in those areas. Yeah, it's like how people are just go, I'm not going to fight you in a church. I'll exactly. take this somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Like like if, if if all three Abrahamic religions of Islam, Christianity and, and Judaism all, you know, claim a, a part of the land and they all call it a holy land, even if they might not agree on who the messenger is or who whatever. But the same God that they yeah. all worship, basically, they know that this is, you know, this is the land. 
and yet they keep killing each other on it. They keep fighting, and it's never which is like the one big no no. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) that's literally the contradiction here. It's something that's always confused me because I even bring this up with my wife all the time because she's very Christian, and I'm like, you know that these three religions are like it's all they all stem from the same place. Oh yeah, how can you guys have differences to the point where you're so angry towards each other? What in reality, like, it's the same thing. You're telling the same story from a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the idea is to actually, uh, the, the, the point of these religions is to, you know, keep dividing the people for, for different political issues. You know what I mean? And Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, at this point, yeah. Yeah, and, and even, like, uh, uh, there is this uh, pattern that I noticed when it comes to, like, there are two types of religion in the world, two types. One, that you have to follow a god or gods, but basically this god is a conscious being that knows what to do and tells you what to do, and you are basically a slave. And there's a, which is yeah. Abrahamic religions. You have uh, the um, yes. uh, some stuff in, uh, like previously as well, like when it comes to uh, Egyptians and, and the Greeks and all that. And you have the other type, mm-hmm. which encourages uh, thought and encourages knowledge and tells you that God is not actually one conscious being. It's the energy that you know com- encompasses everything, and that you are you know your own self, and you can do your own thing, which yeah. is very so like anti-like. Things like that. Yeah. So so you feel like these two two different uh, thoughts uh, clash uh, between each other. It's like it's as if one under and Lil. Uh, you know, spread this idea of worship of one God. And he's a very, by the way, patriarchal God, you know, very manly and mm-hmm. very masculine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the, uh, uh, all the traits uh, uh, of masculine, masculine traits, and this is not men and women, of course, it's just masculine, feminine energies and traits. And yeah. all the, yeah. the, the masculine traits are within this, you know, God, which is like, you know, he is, he plans and he judges and he is, uh, you know, like he thinks in a specific way. Exactly. As opposed to this more flowy life, feminine energy of, of, of a goddess or of, you know, like nurturing and loving and all that, which mm-hmm. aligns more, you know, with a God that actually like want to give life and all that. Yes. Yeah, yes. a god that wants to keep us around and wants us to be happy. So it's one of like the first things that I always ask people is like, when it, when it comes to Christian religions, like I I've never had a religion. Like I grew up without one completely. Yeah. And every time someone that I knew was like super Christian would come up to me and be like, "How do you have free choice?" We're like, oh, well, you know, because I can do what they say or I can go to hell. I'm like, that's not, that's not free choice. That yeah. Is you are being told what to do or else you're being punished. two options is not free choice. Free choice is infinite <laughs> exactly. option. Exactly. And they, and they do not understand that. They're like, no, 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 no. I have the choice. But like, no, you don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really a choice when you tell me like, hey, would you rather burn in hell for all eternity or would you rather, you know, be be happy yeah. in paradise? It's not yeah. a choice. Which one sounds better? <laughs> That's not yeah. really a choice. Like, uh, you're kind yeah. of narrowing down the, the options. That's this, it's definitely not a choice. It's like when you tell your kids, like, do your homework or, you know, you're gonna get you're grounded. Trouble, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's on you. So you don't give you make the choice. choice. <laughs> it's like, not really. All right. Well, I think we should wrap up. We're getting we're getting we're getting a little long, but this this was a great conversation. No, this actually, this awesome is this is really good. If if you want to wrap up, I just want to leave you with something I wanted to mention before. But this is my you know for, a question for you to ponder on, which I was saying that I didn't oh, find boy. anyone else to to mention. Uh, 
And yeah, go for it. It's related to us as humans and basically a trait that is in us that is nowhere in any other animal on the planet ever before mm-hmm. or, or will be ever again. And given that we have a theory or we believe that, you know, human have been, the DNA of humanity has been manipulated and altered and combined with another being or another DNA. And then this is what came off from us, what we are right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when we look at our bodies and how we evolved into our bodies today, every part of our body exists for a reason in terms of the, you know, from the evolutionary process that we've been through throughout all these millions of years, you know, fingers, toes, faces, eyes, everything and everything. Yeah. The reason why our head's at the top. Yeah. But one thing that doesn't add up and doesn't make sense from an evolutionary point of view is why we are the only creatures on the planet that the hair on top of our head grows and does not stop growing unless it is cut by a tool that exists outside of our body. Usually when we evolve, yeah, usually when you evolve into something, it's because whatever that environment had, you know, existing uh, existing in a specific way, you evolve into that mm-hmm. environment, right? Yeah. So whether you know you wanna you wanna have a hair, let's say in the in the topic of hair, you have more hair on your body because you are living in an ice age and you need to be warm and all that and all that, just like every other animal. So yeah. you grow, you evolve over so many years to adapt to that environment. The fact mm-hmm. that we have a trait in our body that needed a tool in order to cut it or to stop it from growing means that the tool existed before we evolved into it, which means that the tool of cutting the hair and then, you know, the reason why it keeps growing came from another source that at the time used that tool, if you, if you, if you know what I mean. And the yes, other... Yes. No, I love this question. Yeah. That actually is... And is, to give you, I didn't think question. this is what you were going to ask. <laughs> and to <laughs> emphasize so it even more, the other animal that has that thing going for him today on Earth is a sheep. A sheep, we have manipulated its DNA so that it does grow its wool and we cut it for him. It cannot stop uh, growing and we have to cut it. Uh-huh. But we have altered its DNA in order for that sheep to become like this. It was never like this before. Yeah. That's a purpose-bred animal. Yeah. So what is the reason for humanity to have traits like this in our body where supposedly we don't need to grow hair uncontrollably forever? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is not a that wow. Yeah, that is a good I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to ask. Like, there, there is there is no earlier. reason. There is no reason for your hair to really go past your shoulders. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 it doesn't in other areas of your body, like the eyebrows. The even if you are hairy in different like the under the armpits and all that, it it grows and then yeah. stops growing because it doesn't need to grow more. It's doing its purpose. So the fact yeah. that that the hair keeps growing like that, that means it's not doing a purpose. Why would we evolve into something that does not serve us at all? That is true. Evolution is all about every single thing has a reason. Yeah. 
which means we have been huh. manipulated at some point. I thought you were going to ask about like wow. human beings having sentience and stuff, and I was like, no, 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 this no, no. Curveball. I'm like, I'm really going to have to think about this one. That's a whole. Man, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, this needs a lot of thinking. Like, I I need to know why. Like, this yeah. was a big reason for me. Yeah. There's, there, we're going to have a random aha moment and we're just going to have like a paragraph on our Twitter. That's what's going to happen. Or we're just going to go off on a rant. I don't think it existed back then, but now we use hair as like a form of like peacocking, like the same way. It's like a mating thing. Yeah. yeah. Which means that we've evolved into it, which makes sense because that's what evolution yeah. does. We, we've now use it in order to attract and in order to do so on and so on. But why would we have yeah. it in the first why place? Why did it start? Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. even like when you have a really long hair when it helps. <laughs> and when you look at uh, previous, um, um, uh, what, what are they called? Like when you talk about um, Homo erectus and Homo sapiens sapiens, which predate us, and the Neanderthals and all that, when you see how yeah. they look, they did not have the long hair like that. They had hair mm-hmm. all over their body. They were very, you know, monkey-like, but they did not have this yeah. feature that we have now. Whereas when you look yeah. at every depiction of the Anunnaki, when, when you see their, their, their um, monuments and their stones and, you know, when they carve into them and all that, all their deities, anyone has long hair and a long beard. And it was very prominent and very important within their depiction of these deities. Yeah. It's crazy because even, even when you describe hair on the body, they refer to it as body hair and then there's hair. Yeah. Well, hair itself is separated from every other kind of hair anyway. Yeah. Hair on your head is yes. separated from your body hair, separated from animal hair, to where there's like certain dogs where you're like, that dog has hair. Has this hair has that has fur, yeah. Because it's different. Yeah, exactly. Man, exactly. This, is, this, this is a killer question well, right well, here. thank you for that. That's yeah. going to wreck our day. <laughs> I thought I'd, hide the, I'd end it on a high note, you know, <laughs> with the question. Oh, Definitely. Sounds good. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Definitely. But why don't, why don't you go ahead and let um, all of our listeners know where they can find you, um, what your social tags are, everything like that. Oh, yeah. Sure. Thank you for that. Uh, so basically, uh, like I said at the start, I have this podcast where I discuss this stuff and other stuff. It's called Paradigm Shift with Sergio Halabi. And I'm on all podcast channels, uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, podcast everywhere. And uh, I also have an Instagram page. Uh, it's called Paradigm Shift Experience, where I discuss mm-hmm. all this stuff, but I create more visual uh, support for all the ideas that I talk about in my podcast. So there's an extra yeah. stuff there. Yeah. I definitely recommend that. Like his Instagram is it's very awesome. Cool. I look yeah. at that. Thank you. It's great. Thank and you guys. And your show is, I was listening earlier and it's so much more informative than ours where usually ours is a little goofy. And I was like, I'm actually learning stuff right now. Yeah. yeah that, that's I mean, the so point. If you want like, a good source yeah. of information, check it out. Thank All you. Right. Thank and, you. Uh, definitely. Now you can always find uh, more episodes of this show anywhere you get your podcast. And of course, our website www.rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com uh there is going to be uh what is it this isn't in my show why am i doing this kyle no, that's off. better when you do it you're okay. better at it. <laughs> all right so then you can find us on uh instagram uh that's at dark rum podcast if you have any stories that you'd like us to talk about you can email us that is at dark rum or it's dark rum stories at gmail.com and you can also find us on twitter at uh dark rum podcast there we go. I, I knew I was going to forget at least one of them. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, have a good day. All right. And stay creepy. 